Hello, I'm Jonathan Smith. I'm the lead pastor at One Church TO, and you're listening to the teaching time from our weekend gathering. We're an imperfect community of over 70 nationalities and five generations who are attempting to follow and shine Jesus in the greater Toronto area. Our vision, it's so simple. We want to help people from all walks of life know God, love people, and in turn, impact our city for good. We've designed these weekends to be meaningful, challenging, and encouraging, and I hope that's what you get from listening. Listen, have you started pulling the winter clothes out yet? When I was pulling winter clothes out this past week, I pulled out a coat that brings back an embarrassing memory for me. Uh, The first time I I went downhill skiing, I I had just arrived not long ago in Edmonton, Alberta, to be a pastor at a church, and it wasn't long after, they said, oh, this winter, you've got to join us on our, our ski trip, just a whole bunch of the church family go on this ski trip to Jasper, Alberta, in the Rocky Mountains. And, uh, and I, I said, listen, I've never been downhill skiing before. Here was their answer. Here was their response. Don't worry, Pastor Keith. We'll be right there. We'll help you get started. And so I, the morning came. They met in the church parking lot at 5 a.m. in order to take the four-hour trip to Jasper to get in a full day of skiing. And uh, I, I arrived to a very... <laughs> you know, well-skied group of people, two highway buses of people in our church family, all dressed in, the, you know, ski fashion's finest. You know, they, they had the, the colors, they had the, the gear, they had the latest, and I showed up wearing this coat because uh, I thought it would be cold up in those Rocky Mountains, and I'd never been downhill skiing before, so I just thought, well, I'll get, this is a, a, a Royal Canadian Mounted Police edition coat given to officers. I think it, it, it was given, it was, my dad was a mounted policeman, and this is his coat, and uh, I think it, they gave it to them so that they could go up to the, the North Pole and stay warm as a policeman up there. So anyway, I, uh, I was a bit embarrassed, but we all got on the buses, and uh, and, and the whole trip, though, they just keep coming up to where I was seated on that particular bus and, and say, Pastor Keith, you, you've never been skiing before, have you? And then, of course, they looked at this coat and they, they, they gave me a we sure believe you kind of a look. And, but it didn't stop them from saying, when we get there, we'll help you get started. We'll be right there with you. And, and when we arrived, uh, you know, they said, well, you, you've got to go rent your skis, because I didn't have skis. Go, go in that lineup over there and rent your skis. When I came out from finally getting skis and, and, and boots and, and all the paraphernalia, uh, when I came out wearing this coat, guess who was there to show me how to get started? Nobody. I mean, no, not one. It, you know, it, nobody was there. And so I... You know, to this day, I have a question, and that is, how in the world did I, because I didn't know what I was doing, did I get on all those ski lifts, and I thought, well, you're probably supposed to keep going right to the top of the mountain. To this day, I don't know how I got up to the uh, top of the mountain and all those ski lifts, a lot of stumbling, a lot of falling, but I got there and, and, and came down. What I found out later was the Black Diamond Ski Run. 
You know, and, and to this day, I, I still do not understand uh, why everyone that said they were going to help me get started just abandoned me. <laughs> I don't know. Was it because of, uh, you know, was it because of my um, coat? <laughs> or was it because they just got so excited about skiing? But anyway, I, I, I could tell you quite a story about coming down the mountain that day. And, uh, you know, it would be, uh, if Pastor Jonathan ever asks me to do a teaching on near-death experiences, I, I, I'll tell you a story coming down that Black Diamond Run. But but guess when I saw those people that promised to be there with me and to help me get started, guess when I saw them? When we were getting back on the bus to go home. <laughs> and that's exactly the way it is for a lot of people when it comes to understanding Jesus. They sort of say, well, Jesus came to earth, there was Christmas, he gave his life as my Savior, and now he's back in heaven. And so he just came to be our Savior, and, and now he's gone. And, and, and they, we won't see him again until we go to heaven. In the meantime, you're on your own. <laughs> when you do those black diamond runs in life and stumble and fall, he, he's, well, he's in heaven. The, the truth be told, uh, the, a lot of people have this view of God. I remember taking a, a course in university where we looked at various views of God. And one was called the absentee landlord theory. <laughs> the idea that, yes, God created everything, but then he stepped back from his creation and he's just basically left us on our own. That's the way a lot of people live their lives. It's like, I, I don't have God in my life now, but I hope someday I'll go to heaven. We're in the third teaching in a special Christmas series, Jesus, Great Man or God. And we, the first weekend in this series, saw that Jesus existed before he was born as a baby in Bethlehem. If you haven't seen it, you can go in on the church's website. Uh, you know, it really made a difference because we realized that, that Jesus knew what he was getting into when he came to be our Savior. And then last weekend, great teaching with Pastor Jonathan. We wonder how human beings can be creative. It's because Jesus is the creator. And, and he's, he's made us in his image. And we're, we're creative people. Now watch this. I found a beautiful poetic scripture verse written to Christians in Colossus, now present day Turkey. And, and, it, and it covers all three of these topics, all right? The pre-existence of Christ, Christ as creator, and then Christ who is still needed in our lives today. See if you can see them, all right? Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. For through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. He existed before anything else and... He holds all creation together. Not only is he pre-existent, not only did he create 
all things. He's also the one that holds what he created together. He holds it all together. Without Jesus holding his creation together, it would all fall apart. That means that all creation is on, you know, Jesus' life support. He didn't come to be the Christmas Savior and then walk away, which means this. Look at this first truth we're going to look at today. Even on days we're not aware, he's there. Even on days we're not aware, he is there. He's not absent. He is there. He promised his first followers. He said, you know, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. One day he got very direct. He said, yes, I am going to heaven to prepare a place for you there, but I, I am going to come to you. How? He said, I'm going to send my spirit. My spirit will be with you, not restricted by a geographical body like I am, but my spirit will be with all of you, all over the planet. He'll be with every, have a capacity to be with every person. My spirit will live in you <laughs> That means I am with you always. You know, he, he, he said, be sure of this. One of the last things he told his first generation followers was this. I am with you always right to the end of the world. Right to the end of the world. Now, three of those followers, two of them at least would have heard Jesus say that directly. They wrote down how this works. For instance, Peter. Ever read the Gospels? Peter was one of the first disciples following Jesus. He wrote this years later. He said, and through your faith, God is protecting you by his power. Is. In the present time, he, he's, he's actively involved empowering you. Until, it's going to keep on happening until you receive this salvation which is ready to be revealed on the last day for all to see. And then the Apostle Paul said this. Look at this. He says, I know the one in whom I trust and I am sure that he is able, in the present tense, right now, he is able to guard what I have entrusted to him until, there's the future, until the day of his return. And then Jude says this. To him, who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy. You know, there's a lot of people that have been saying something that, during this pandemic that I, I've just never heard it said uh, as frequently. You know, and that is, you know, end of a conversation, end of an email that is ended by saying, be safe. Maybe not sincerely yours or, you know, have a good day, but be safe. Be safe. It's amazing how uh, people are worried about safety in a way that they weren't two plus years ago. And because they want other people to be safe, not just themselves, they want other, to be, other people to be safe. They, they, they physically distance. They, they use masks. They get vaccinations. So many of them are motivated to do this. Just some, I, I want... I want to be safe, but I want to help other people be safe. safe. It's an unselfish thing for them in so many ways. Now, Jesus promises us, listen to this, a level of protection, a level of safety that will keep you and me alive forever. Forever. That, that's, that's amazing safety. But what about the days, though, when we go through here on earth where Jesus may be right there, <laughs> but I sure am not aware. Where are you, Lord? You know, just 
go through loss or a doubt. Why did this happen in my life? Go through pain. God, when's this going to end? When this trial that goes on and on, where are you, Jesus? A lot of people these days are, are talking about being worn down just by the compounded uh, wave after wave of weariness. And in this pandemic, we, we, we finally see, think we see, you know, oh, there's the light at the end of the tunnel, and then someone turns out the light. And then here we are in December. You know, so many of us are planning for Christmas. And uh, listen, for most families, to be honest with you, I know I've talked to a lot of people. In most families, planning with others for Christmas is complicated enough on a good year. What about on a COVID Christmas year? <laughs> you know, people, uh, complicated just doesn't go far enough. You know, let, let's get together. You know, in this place. No, let's not get together there. Let's, let's not to get together with those people. Let's not to get together with everyone. Should we have masks or no masks? What about Omicron? Do we invite the families anti-vaxxer? <laughs> you know, it reminded me of this girl that was so looking forward to Christmas, just a little girl with a, a childhood, innocent expectation. And yet when the adults arrived, there was conflict and there was so much tension and things didn't go at all in the way that she expected them. She was heard when she said her prayers when, before she went to sleep that night. She prayed, she said, Lord, forgive us our Christmases as we forgive those who Christmas against us. December can be a difficult month. And, and, and maybe you're already going into it with uh, just that weariness. You know, how many have ever had a time where you just get so low, your feelings aren't feeling, your emotions aren't are on empty, and, and maybe your hormones are not harmonious. <laughs> you never have a time in your life, you just, I am so helped by just going to the Gospels and seeing how Jesus was there for people during those kind of uh, elongated trials where they didn't know where Jesus was and what he was going to do. I, I, I love the story when Jesus needed some time to pray to his father, and it says he went up on a mountain where he could see his disciples because he told them, he said, get out in the boat and go to the other side of the lake. Now, watch this. Even though they were doing what Jesus said to do, he's the one that told them to get in the boat and go to the other side of the lake. Before they're halfway across the lake, what happens? The wind comes up, the waves, they're in this great big storm, and, and Scripture says the wind was against them, it got dark, and they were straining at the oars. Wave after wave is just coming against them. And the only reason that they're in this is because they're, they're trying to do what Jesus asked them to do. And here they are in the middle of the lake in a storm, and then it gets dark, and they can't see where they're going. When worst of all had to be the question, where is Jesus? He got us into this. Where is Jesus in all of this? And you know where he was? The Bible says he was praying on the mountainside, overlooking the lake. And, and the Bible says, he, I quote now from one of the Gospels, he saw the disciples straining at the oars because the wind was against them. In other words, he was watching them. He saw this happen. And he was praying. So you know he was praying for them. Shortly before dawn, the gospel says, he went out to them walking on the lake and he gets them 
to the other side of the lake. Listen, I, I don't know how dark it is for you right now as we get hit with yet another wave of this pandemic. I, I don't know why it's such a strain sometimes to, to, to do what Jesus wants us to do, to have the attitude and the faith and the perspective and, and the life that he wants us to live. But I do know this. Listen, Jesus is right there with us, just like he was with those first disciples when they had the question, where, where is Jesus? He's right there with us. And listen, if he's asked us to do it, he's going to get us through it. What's Jesus doing? Even today, what's, what's he doing? Do you know that Hebrews says that Jesus in heaven is constantly praying for you and me? He ever lives to make intercession. He's interceding for you and me. And that means that, you know what? He's praying right now that you'd be strong, <laughs> even though you're straining at trying to get through this dark time in your life. He's protecting you. He's guarding your faith. And he's going to keep you spiritually alive until he gets you to the other side. You know, we sing that song around here that says, even the darkest days are temporary. You are the everlasting light. You know, for, for decades, I've had a chance in physical gatherings to hear uh, from people in the lobby of uh, after a church gathering and they tell me a little bit of what they're going through. Pray for me, Pastor Keith. You know, this is what I'm going through. Just like people will ask for prayer online today and someone will pray with them. But you know, so many times I, you're in the lobby and I've got lots of people to visit. And so I will just say to them, you know, don't forget this. What you're going through right now is exactly that. It's what you're going through right now. The Bible says it came to pass. <laughs> it didn't come to stay. And right now I'm saying to you as well today, if that's you going through one of those times where you, it's dark and, and there's a trial and, and maybe it's a devastating experience you're going through, listen, I'm here to tell you, even on days where we are not aware, Jesus is there. Jesus is there. But, but then what, what should we do? What should we, okay, Jesus is there for us. What can we do right now? Uh, what can we do to get to the other side of our trial, the other side of this pandemic, the other side of the storm that we're going through, the other side of the devastating experience? You know, the answer, watch this now, it's in the same three scriptures that Peter and the Apostle Paul and Jude shared with us, all right? Just look at different words in the same verse for the answer. Look at this. Through your faith, here's what we saw already, all right? We saw this, and through your faith, God is protecting you by his power. And we focused on what God is doing in, in our lives today. He's not absent. He, he's protecting us right now by his power. But, but look, look, look at other words in that same verse. And through your faith, God is protecting you by his power until you receive this salvation. Through your faith. See, your faith. It's not a matter of God forcing his protection on any one of us. It's, it, we have faith. We, we turn to him. We look to him for his help, you know. And then that next verse we looked at, you know, we, we, we see there, you know, I place my faith in him, and he protects me. That's what we see. I place my faith in him, and he protects me. But look at this next verse. We, here's the part we looked at already in the one the Apostle Paul wrote. He says, I know the one in whom I trust, and I'm sure he's able to guard what I have entrusted him. So 
He is able. The focus is on what Jesus is able to do for us right now in the middle of our trial. But let's just look at the context of that verse. Look what it says. Hold on. This is you and me. You and me. Hold on to the pattern of wholesome teaching you have learned from me, the Apostle Paul said to Pastor Timothy, a pattern shaped by the faith and love that you have in Christ Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit who lives within us. Then it says, Timothy, you've got something to do here. Carefully guard the precious truth that has been entrusted to you. I know the one in whom I trust, and I am sure that he is able to, he, he guards what I have entrusted to him until the day of Christ Jesus. He guards what we trust. He guards what I entrust to him. Do you, so, do you see it? It's not a matter of God just, guard, I will guard you, I will protect you, I will keep you from falling. No, 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 no. We, we have faith, and that gives him what he needs to work with. We have trust, and that gives him what he needs to work with. We, and then what about Jude? Here's what Jude, we, we already saw this. To him who is able to keep you from stumbling, that Jesus is able to do that for us, right until he presents us faultless. But if you look back a little further, right in that same chapter of Jude, he doesn't say Jesus is able to keep you. He says, keep yourself. <laughs> keep yourselves in God's love as you wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you to eternal life. Keep yourself. In other words, he keeps me as I keep myself in him. He, he's not going to force me to stay in a certain place of faith and trust and keeping myself in his love. No, I, it's my job to keep myself there. But when I do it, <laughs> he keeps me. He, he, he protects me. He guards me. Isn't that wonderful? You know, sort of like we've seen before, a case of a partnership, you know. You can't do it without him. You can't live this life for Jesus without his help. But he won't do it without you. You can't do it without him. He won't do it without you. You know, in just a few moments, we're going to pray for those of you that are in the middle of it right now. Maybe you can't even sense that Jesus is there, but we're going we're gonna to pray for you because Jesus keeps a firm grip on whoever holds his hand. Do you see that? You, you got to hold his hand, but when you do, he'll keep a firm grip on it. You keep yourself in his love and he will keep you from falling. Jesus keeps a firm grip on whoever holds his hand. You know, I remember it was a cold winter night in Edmonton. It could have been January or February. Uh, and I used to, Saturday night, I used to walk around the neighborhood and uh, one evening, and it gets dark there even earlier than it does in Toronto in winter because you're that much further north in Edmonton. I had uh, a little three-year-old by the name of David, my son, with me. And, and when we walked around uh, on the sidewalk around the neighborhood, um, we came in the dark to a slippery patch and, and David just slipped and he fell because, you see, he, he, I had my two fingers out like this and he was holding on to them. So when he hit that slippery patch, he just wiped out, you know. We went around and then when we came back, we went over that very same icy patch in the dark, but this time David did not fall. Do you know why? Because not only were, was he reaching out and holding my hand, but this time I made sure that I had a good grip. <laughs> My hand was around his hand. 
That's what it's like to walk with Jesus. Not only are, are you just reaching out to him and, and holding on. It's not just all about your ability to hang on to him. It's about his ability to hold on to you. It's his grip on you that makes all of the difference. He is able to keep you from falling because he has supernatural power and you are in his grip. And I love the time where Jesus said, he said, no one will snatch them from my hand. He's got a good grip on us when we place our hand in his. And then look at this, Jesus always finishes what he starts. How many have found it's certainly a lot easier to start something <laughs> than to keep it going, you know? Uh, like, it become, goes from maintenance to high maintenance, right? Just think of that exercise program or diet some of you began just almost 11 months ago. <laughs> uh, starting something new is exciting, but maintaining it, not so much. Why do we have unfinished projects? Because it's easier to start projects than to continue them. It's more exciting to get a new house, if you can afford it. <laughs> it's more exciting to get a new house than to maintain it. Putting out the garbage is not glorious. Washing dishes is not glamorous. You know, changing uh, filters and, and, and things is just a dirty job. Maintenance takes... Uh, ongoing commitment and sacrifice. How many know it's a lot easier to get married than it is to, to stay married? Now, if you're sitting next to your spouse, not a good time to, you know, say, oh, that's true. <laughs> you know, and never mind those people say, oh, you're having a baby, congratulations, as if it's, oh, it's just gonna be so wonderful. What about getting up in the middle of the night? Repeatedly. What about changing diapers? Those kids are going to turn into teenagers someday. You know, it was a lot easier at Jasper Ski Resort for them to say, Pastor Keith, we'll get you started. We'll be right there with you than it was to be right there and help me get started. There's a verse in the Bible that says that you'll never have that problem with Jesus. He always finishes what he starts he starts what he promises to start, and he completes what he starts. Here's the verse. It says, and I am certain that God, who began the good work within you, will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. You know, you can also see it in those same three verses. Remember, Peter Paul and Jude, you can see it in those, look at it here. When I place my faith in him, he protects me. And then it went on to say, until you receive this salvation, when's that? It's ready to be revealed on the last day for all to see. And then the Apostle Paul says this, he guards what I entrust to him until the day of his return. And then Jude says this, he keeps me as I keep myself in him. We saw that already. And he will present you before his glorious presence, without fault and with great joy. <laughs> oh, he's going to get us. He's got what it takes to sustain us. Right until he takes us to be home with him. You know, a couple of weeks ago, I heard that uh, news that this lady, Olive Meyer, went to be with the Lord. Do you know that she was the 15th oldest person in Canada? <laughs> She went to be with the Lord at the age of 109, but it reminded me of a story because she was part of our church family. 
It reminded me of a time that, that all of my was sitting, you know, you can't see where I'm pointing, but right down here in this room that I'm teaching you from, and it was about, oh, who knows, about 15 years ago. She, she was a young woman then. She, she would have only been about 95, all right? <laughs> but she's sitting halfway back in this room, and during the service, she fell over. She fainted. And uh, my wife's a nurse, and people knew that, and so they called her, Esther, Esther, come here quick. And Esther came over and began to resuscitate uh, Olive Meyer. And uh, she came to, Olive came to, she looked up at Esther and she said, oh, oh, she said, oh, I can't think of a better place to go home than here in the house of the Lord. And Esther immediately said, not on my watch. <laughs> not on my, listen, you, you, you're, you're, your life is taking place on Jesus' watch. Your times are in his hands. And none of us know. It'll be different for every one of us. None of us knows when our time will come, how it will happen, what age we will be, what will take us. But all of us can know this, that Jesus is going to sustain us until that day. All this life, he's going to be there with us, and he has what it takes to protect us, guard us, and keep us. Listen, whatever you're hit with, he'll give you what you need to get through it. Whoever else lets you down, he won't. Whenever others leave your life, he's staying right there. However lonely it gets this Christmas, he will be right there. Jesus does not do unfinished projects. He's committed to completing the work that he has begun in you. Oh, he, he will finish what he started in your life. And you know, that's exactly what Jesus promised his first followers at the very first communion service. Pastor Jonathan told you that in a, at the end of our teaching time, we're going to have a communion. If just get some bread and something to drink. We're, we're going to remember that Jesus was broken for us. That's what the bread helps us remember. And that Jesus' lifeblood was shed for us so we could be forgiven. He paid the price for all the wrongs that we had done. We're going to remember that. But listen to what Jesus tells his first followers. He says, I tell you, I will not drink. He, this is just before Jesus went to the cross now. So in that first century, he says, I tell you, I will not drink from this fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. I, on that day, am going to be with you in my Father's kingdom. See, you, you just can't get away from this. A lot of people just, um, you know, Jesus gave his life, and then he went to heaven, and we'll see him there someday, but Jesus is saying, no, 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 I'm, I'm going to be with you always. I, I, I have what it takes to get you there. I'm going to see you in my Father's kingdom. In other words, it's like a promise. I'm going to get you there. I'm going to get you to my Father's kingdom. You walk with me. You keep yourself in my love, and I will keep you from falling. He's basically saying, I'll never stop washing away your sins. Remember the Apostle John said, the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, continuously cleanses us from all sin. Whatever many times you sin between now and when Jesus comes, you just can have Jesus continuously cleansing you. He's saying, basically, I'll, I'll, never, I'll never stop taking the garbage out of your life. That's high maintenance, but I'll, I'll just never stop taking the garbage out. You know, just before communion, have you begun your life with Jesus? <laughs> 
his hands reaching out to you, have you, have you taken a hold of his hand and said, I, I want to do life with you, Jesus. I receive your love. I receive your forgiveness for my past. I receive heaven for my future. Just pray with me right now. If you're saying, I, I once walked with Jesus, I turned away and I'm coming back, or, or I've never begun life with Jesus, just, just start right now. Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you for giving your life to pay for all the wrongs that I have done. I receive your forgiveness. And I won't be perfect from this day forward, but I'm going to walk with you right into heaven when I die. I receive you into my life today, Jesus. Lord, you didn't just come to save us at Christmas and Easter and then leave us. You're with us now by your Holy Spirit. You said, I will come to you by my Spirit. And you're sustaining all creation, but you're also sustaining us. You're going to keep forgiving us. Your forgiveness and your life and your healing and your strength and your protection will never lose its power. Even on days, Lord, we're not aware, thank you, that you are there. And Lord, I know that there are some people that I'm praying with right now that don't feel that way. And this December of 2021... Lord, we just reach out however we feel and we take a hold of your hand. And Lord, as we take a hold of your hand, by your spirit, would you just give some who really needed just a little squeeze right now. Let them know, use this teaching from the Bible today by your spirit to just squeeze the, the hand of people to let them know that you've got each one of them, Lord, who needs to hear, you've got them in your grip and no one will ever be able to snatch them from your hand, Lord. Oh, Lord, now to, to him, to you, who are able to keep every one of us from falling and to present every one of us before your, your glorious presence that day without fault and it'll give you great joy to do it. So to the only God, our Savior, be glory, majesty, power, and authority through Jesus Christ our Lord before all ages, now, <laughs> and forevermore. Thank you, Jesus. Amen and amen. Thanks for listening. If you found this helpful, we hope you join us at one of our campuses if you're in the GTA for a weekend gathering. If you're listening from somewhere else in the world, we'd encourage you to join us at onechurch.to slash live. We believe everyone can be a part of what Jesus is doing both in our community and in our city. So if you'd like to connect with us at a deeper level, visit us at onechurch.to slash next steps. See you next time.